Greetings, everybody. It's Ken Navarro, and welcome back to my podcast. It's been a little while since I've done one. I think the last one was my behind-the-scenes visit into my studio to show you how I recorded Juliet, the hit song from my brand-new album, Unbreakable Heart. Today, I've brought into the studio with me a very special guest. He's a young saxophonist. He's got two albums already out, and I think you're going to be hearing a lot more from him in the future, not least of which is play a concert with me on February 14th in 2016 here in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. His name is Tony Craddock Jr., and you're going to meet him today. So without further ado... Let me introduce you to my friend and a truly gifted and talented upcoming new smooth jazz saxophonist, Mr. Tony Craddock Jr. Well, greetings, Tony. It's great to have you here on my podcast. I'm glad it worked out for you to find some time to do it with me. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for having me. I've listened to your podcast series um, quite frequently since its inception, so it's a pleasure to actually be a guest on on the series so thank you well oh, my pleasure I'm glad we could do it and and right off the bat I want to tell uh, my listeners to the podcast that Tony and I are doing a very special concert uh, at the beginning of 2016 in fact on Valentine's day February 14th right here in the, where we both live in the Virginia DC um, Maryland area Tony do you mind telling uh, our listeners uh, some of the details about our show? Absolutely. Um, the Valentine's Day Smooth Jazz Brunch, which is the title of the show, is on February 14th, 2016 from 12 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. at Maggiano's Little Italy at Tyson's Galleria. And um, as Ken said, he'll be a special guest with my band, Tony Craddock Jr. and Coldfront. And I'm glad to have Ken on the bill. He was gracious enough to um, agree to partner with me for this concert and um, we first partnered when he, um, Ken, Ken, as you know, when you um, recorded on my second project, Convection, on the title, on the song, um, 1102 Bradfield Hall. So um, to be able to take our partnership to the next level with this live uh, concert is really um, a pleasure. And I think uh, the attendees will be in for uh, one of the best concerts they've ever seen. So. I'm yeah, and I, it's forward. a special thing, too, because, you know, it's it's the first time you and I will have actually played together, as many people are kind of hip to now when you do records. Uh, you you do recordings, things often happen in, in different studios. And that was how I did the guitar tracks on your album was to, to play them in my studio. And then you took them and incorporated into the mix with everything else. And, uh, you know, so this will be a, a special occasion where we get to play together live. And there's really, as you know, nothing quite like that. And I sure hope that all of our friends and fans and the tri-state Maryland, D.C., Virginia area come out. Tyson's Corner Gallery is a really nice place and uh, Mangione's is one of my favorite places to eat. So <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that too. You know, uh, and also Tony, would you let folks know um, how they can get tickets? Because I think you have a special thing going on right now where if they get tickets before uh, the end of 2015, they get a special price. Absolutely. You can get tickets at my website, um, Tony tonycraddockjr.com slash jazzbrunch again that's tonycraddockjr.com slash jazzbrunch and early bird tickets are $50 before uh, the new year and after the new year once we enter 2016 
um, the price will go up to $60. So definitely encourage folks to um, go invest in their Valentine's Day. Um, it definitely is an investment and uh, get those early bird tickets before New Year's. And that includes the lunch, right? Yes, that includes the lunch. So, oh, man. Um, what a deal. I'll explain the, the setup wow. briefly. So the Jazz Brunch kicks off at, um, at 12 p.m. And it'll be a buffet brunch from 12 to 1 p.m. And then right after 1 p.m., we'll kick it off with the concert, um, approximately 90 minutes or so. So for that fee, you get both the buffet brunch, all you can eat, and the concert. So I think it's really a great deal. Oh, it really is. I, th I think that's amazing. You've put something like that together. Well, you know, I I've interviewed several next generation smooth jazz musicians on my podcast, including, among others, Eric Darius and Elan Trotman. Um, however, you know, Tony, you're like the next next generation. Um, you really you 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 are now the, 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 the generation younger than Eric Darius coming up. And I'm really curious how you first discovered your interest in music and specifically in smooth jazz. It goes all the way back to my childhood. And you, as, as you know, are, are very much a part of that, that history, how I got reeled into smooth jazz. So at the, eight of, at the age of eight, I fell in love with weather um, after observing a thunderstorm in my third grade <laughs> classroom. So I went wow. home yeah. and I knew the place to learn more about weather was the Weather Channel. What I didn't know was that I would run into smooth jazz during the local forecast segments that come on the eights. So not oh, too long wow. after exploring the Weather Channel, what kept me there was actually the smooth jazz. Every, um, every eight minutes on the hour, I would um, go back and listen to the smooth jazz music. And you know, throughout the hour, the, the songs rotated. So rarely was it ever the same song. And I got hooked to it. Um, my father also listened to jazz a lot growing up, a lot of Jeff Lorber, um, Boney James, Kirk Whalum, uh, those kind of artists. So I was kind of predisposed to jazz, but the Weather Channel right. was really, really what reeled me in. And you had a lot of music going on in your house, so there was some kind of an intersection between you, you hearing it just because your dad was listening, and, but also, you know... It came in on, on its own, and it was kind of yours when you found it on the Weather Channel. Absolutely. That kind of sealed it. Um, and the interesting thing is I, I was falling in love with weather equally at the same time, so much so that I chose to um, go to Cornell University and actually study meteorology, um, where I graduated <laughs> with a Bachelor of Science in Meteorology in 2010. Man, that yeah, yeah. And and how is that figuring into your life now? I mean, anybody who follows you on Facebook knows that you have much more than a passing interest in the weather. Uh, but but how is that how is that playing into your your life now? Well, I have a weekly inspirational series called Weather Wednesday, where every Wednesday mm -hmm. I take an aspect about life and I um, merge it with the weather and to come up with a, a brief inspirational nugget that can hopefully get people over the hump on Wednesday um, through the week. And <laughs> right. That's so, great. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I've seen that on your Facebook. And I, I actually look forward to those Wednesdays to see what you'll have to say, because you're right. That's the day that most people, they can use whatever help they can get. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad you're watching. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. So, so now was it were you immediately interested in the saxophone? I take it you weren't playing any instrument when you first started to discover the music on the Weather Channel, or, or were you playing in a in 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 
keyboards or doing something with music before? No, I wasn't playing any instrument. I didn't pick up mm -hmm. the saxophone until sixth grade when I was 11 years old. So right. um, yeah. my mind was very open to any instrument. But again, I think I was predisposed to like the saxophone because it's the most melodic instrument. And a lot of the jazz musicians that my father listened to were saxophonists. Um, yeah, so the I'll, ones that you mentioned, you know, the cream of the crop, uh, the one that particularly sticks in my mind is Kirk Whalem, who I just think is uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, a, a, a very special saxophonist and a, a great influence to have uh, so early in your life, I think. Absolutely. Well, you know, nowadays, I mean, we, you and I have talked, but... Uh, about this, you know, the challenges there are that to a new musician, a new up and coming musician trying to carve out a career in music, things have changed so much uh, since I was doing what you are doing now with music. Um, I mean, it's in many ways, it's very exciting, some of the changes, and, and I've personally uh, embraced many of them. And I think you being of a uh, a whole nother generation are naturally embracing those things. What what you're doing with the Wednesday um, uh, weather uh, and inspirational uh, use of that and doing that on Facebook is is exactly what I mean about embracing things to to create more and more of a brand for what it is that you do and what makes you special. But having said that, there's just so many challenges now to carving out a career in music. In many ways, you remind me of a young Eric Darius, the saxophonist whose first nationally released album I produced way back in 2002. And I say that because you've been extremely proactive in going out and building your career a brick at a time. And, and I really respect that work ethic. Tell me about your strategy so far and how you've gone about specifically recording the two albums that you've done. I think my strategy is, it's, it's what I'm comfortable with. I think there's no cookie cutter way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I appreciate your admiration for, um, like you said, the, the building it a brick at a time, um, I guess, manner in which I'm going about my career. I think um, the challenge that I run into is, you know, having um, another full-time career um, mm -hmm. and balancing that with the time that music uh, requires it definitely requires a lot of time management and um, and discipline. I think the pro to it is, um, I say this humbly, and I'm blessed to be in this situation. I think I may have a little more financial security than maybe some musicians that are starting out because of having been through undergraduate and graduate school and having another J job. Some of the funding right. issues as far as, you know, things you want in your lifestyle. I don't have to worry about that because those needs are taken care of. And I'm very blessed in that way and I'm thankful for that. Um, the challenge, you know, the flip side of it is there's only 24 hours in the day and you have <laughs> to find time to, you know, continue to practice your horn, shed, write music, um, take care of the business end of things, posting on social media, um, you know, working with my team. My mom is my manager. Oh, yeah. My mom is my manager and booking agent, and she's very supportive, um, along with my wife, who's my creative director. Uh, she has an events planning background, so she always infuses a lot of great ideas in. So all those things take time. So time oh, is yeah. really a commodity. But, 
but I'm sure you found that in spite of that challenge and that, you know, you're, you're, that really is a challenge, no question about it. You're doing two things, uh, not to mention your personal life. You know, you have a life as well. Um, but at the same time, I've always found that time management is a skill that can take what for some people takes three hours to get accomplished. Somebody who has good time management skills, and sometimes we get good time management skills because we have to, we have no choice. Like I think you find yourself, if you want to do it, if you're going to do everything you want to do, you have to have those skills. But having those skills, what some people that I know, some musicians I know, they don't have that particularly. And in what I can get done in an hour takes them three or four hours. Not so much because they don't, um, work hard, but more because they don't get down to the nitty gritty right away. And I think, I don't know if that's what you found, but for me, I've found having to, to have strong time management skills means you say, I really don't have time to spend four hours practicing today. What do I really need to do and how do I get it done in one hour? You know what I mean? Have you experienced that kind of thing too? Absolutely. Um, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. You have to hone in on the essential things, the essential, um, you know, nutrients, so to speak, that you need to continue to grow as a musician. Right. And I think the epitome of time management um, that I've, I guess that was exuded in my career so far was the production of my debut album, Christmas in the Air. Um, mm -hmm. That album was recorded probably within a six week time frame. Um, at the right. time I was interning at um, a company in the DC area over the summer and was able to, to scrape up enough money to produce the album and was literally in the studio um, practicing a song one night for maybe two hours, recording it the next session. And by no means is it the ideal way to cut a record. But um, I started out at the summer saying, this is gonna be cut before the end of the summer when I have to go back to grad right. school. I right. let my musicians know, you know, this is our timeline. We have to roll with it. And, you know, thankfully I had talented enough musicians who didn't need a lot of time to rehearse. Um, I worked and hustled and practiced all my stuff as soon as I got home from work. You know, by eight or nine o'clock, I was hitting the studio, um, going home, getting maybe three or four hours of sleep, back up the next <laughs> morning at five. <laughs> so yeah, well that's that's where it helps to be young <laughs> absolutely you know that three or four hours sleep you can do it when you're young i can't do that anymore so well but you know i've been there believe me and and probably will be there again when when it comes down to certain points in a project but no i think what you just said there about I had to have it finished by this date. And then you decided I'm going to have it finished by that date. And you did everything backwards from there in terms of scheduling and figuring out how that goal was going to be accomplished. And while I agree with you, that may not be the the perfect way to make an album. I think in many ways, it it is a much better way than having an open-ended set of possibilities, which I've found is, is for most people, they will use whatever time they have. <laughs> and if they have a lot of time, they'll manage to use it all. And if they only have six weeks, they will get it done and in a very focused way. And, you know, I think albums really should represent a, a slice of time. I, I, I don't know that you know, I know when I write and I definitely don't look at things like, uh, you know, I'll write for a year and then I'll kind of go through it all and figure out, 
I look at it like I'm writing a book that's all one thing. And the recording of it, I think, is a similar thing where I think it really should come out of a chunk of concentrated time. So, uh, uh, you know, what you did with the Christmas album makes total sense to me. Now, now with with the next album, what what was the scenario for getting that one done? The the setup for that was pretty similar. That was also recorded in one summer, summer 2012. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. the difference with that one the Christmas album was all covers. So the challenge right. was rearranging the songs in a creative and new way. The yeah, your com- arrangements that sounded like your take on it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, with Convection, I had some songs that I had kind of written right after I graduated from college. And I sc- scraped up some time to kind of um, write a few new songs for the project. I mm-hmm. think Convection even though I was working in the same kind of um, compressed time frame, it was a little easier because I had a few extra months instead of having to do a hard stop um, right. at the end of August. Some of the recording kind of leaked into September and October. And um, from lessons learned in the expedited time frame, I needed to record um, Christmas in the Air. Um, that kind of made convection a little easier, just being that I had already done it before. But I'm, right, right. You, yeah, you had you had some kind of a model to base convection on in terms of how you were going to get it done. Did you use the same studio or some of the same people? I did, and I, I want to give a quick shout out to A to G Music in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, great mm-hmm. owner Mark Ball and his wife Dee Dee Ball is actually the bassist on both Christmas in the Air and Convection. Uh, great mm, studio great. in Woodbridge, Virginia, my hometown, um, where I did yeah, yeah. both the recordings. So. No, that's great to find a, a a partner in a recording studio as well as other musicians so close to you and or at least where you grew up. And I'm sure you're very familiar with that area having grown up there. It's special to find that in more ways than one, I think. Yes, indeed. And let, tell me a little bit about, you know, cause I, I've seen that you've you've been very active and successful with coming up with show opportunities for you and your band Cold Front. And um, um, tell me a little bit about how you've been pursuing that and, and uh, um, how you've been able to generate um, a forward momentum the way you have. I think um, research is key. Um, and even before research, um, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for God blessing my, my band with these opportunities. Um, but we, we, my mother and I engage in intensive research, kind of exploring the market, seeing... Um, what other artists who are in the smooth jazz space and gospel jazz, that's also um, a genre that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very um, I'm very connected to, to see mm-hmm. where they're yep. playing, what kind of shows they're doing, and um, contacting those venues, kind of exploring that space and uh, right. making it happen. Personal referrals are also um, very key. Um, the Jazz at Me concert series um, is a concert I just did yesterday. Um, December 13th and I actually learned about that concert series through a co-worker who's a jazz enthusiast and told me hey um, you play the sax I think you right. should check out this jazz series in the right. area so it's a combination of things yeah. research referrals exactly yeah no that's great and it's that's what I that, back to that building it a brick at a time each brick that goes up the wall gets bigger and more and more people find out and there's more of a reputation and more of that very important word of mouth that you referred to so and and just people thinking of you because they remember how much they enjoyed the last time they heard you you know or 
So it it, it um, that's great. I'm really glad to see that. And that cold front are these are these uh, musicians that you've known for a long time? Are they people that have have come into your life, um, you know, since graduating and, and leaving graduate school? There are people that have come into my life since I uh, returned to the area after mm-hmm. after uh, my undergraduate studies. Um, and how did you find them, or how did they find you? Maybe. Well, I was referred to. Um, the producer of my, the co-producer of my debut album, I was introduced to him by Mark Ball, the owner of A to G uh, Music, where I recorded both projects. And through him, oh, wow. I met yeah. my drummer. Um, and through the drummer, I met my current bassist and keyboardist. So um, it's the six degrees of separation. Um, whatever you need, yep. as far yep. as the skill set, talents, the people you know, know those people. Exactly. And so, I mean, that it, that studio has been, and, and those two, that husband and wife team, have really made an impact on what you've done since you started out on this path after college. That's, that's uh, even doubly better that you found them and they found you. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, we were talking about both of these records, Convection and the Christmas album. Can you... Um, you know, I, I assume that if anybody listening to the podcast wants to check them out, they can find them in the usual places, iTunes, Amazon. But can they also get them on your website? Absolutely. If they visit TonyCraddockJr.com slash music, um, they can purchase the CDs right there. And I would definitely prefer that they order them directly from my site because I'll um, personally autograph them Um and give it that personal touch. And I know that's something that you do with your fans that I really appreciate um, the, the way that you have a personal connection with them. Um, you're- oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And I, I've never really shied away from that element of, of what is available on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those ways. Cause I, I believe in it too. I really think that um, people respond in a different way when they see that the person behind the music is is who they might have thought they were, you know, or or they find out things that by you being willing to to open yourself up some, they find out things that make their appreciation of your music that much more enhanced and that much broader. And, and you know, um, I, I think that's a really cool thing. And I also think that it's 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 an outlet that musicians just didn't have, you know, when I was coming up, there was really very little way except to go do shows and do a meet and greet afterwards. You know, that was kind of what we did to, to, to bridge that. But short of that, you know, there wasn't really any way to do it. So yeah, I, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that stuff is great. Right. Well, good. Well, I hope people go to your website and learn more about you as well. Uh, and also uh, pick up at least one of the re- the records. The Christmas album, of course, is perfect for right now. Uh, but Convection's a really strong debut album of original material. And uh, not only was I happy to play on it, but um, I was really impressed with all of the music, uh, not just the one song that I was on, but the whole album represented a level of maturity you don't always hear on first albums uh and i know it wasn't i know the christmas album was your first album but i think of convection as your first original piece of music you know your first really original statement including the composition which i i think is is very important well before i let you go i want i want you to once again uh tell our listeners um the details of how they can get tickets 
uh, for our February 14th Valentine's Day show that's coming up? They can visit TonyCraddockJr.com. Um, and from there, they'll be directed to the Eventbrite page where they can purchase tickets. Again, the early bird special is $50 before 2016. And after 2016, the ticket prices go up to $60. Again, that ticket price is inclusive of a buffet brunch and a power-packed 90-minute um, concert that my band, Tony Craddock Jr. and Cold Front, um, will render with Ken Navarro, the one and only with the lyrical guitar, <laughs> as our special guest. So we're so glad to yeah, have you. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, we're gonna, you're going to do songs with your band of yours. I'm going to do songs of mine with your band. And then we're going to come together for four songs, the two of us, with, with backed up by Cold Front. And I mean, I think that is, it's going to make it a unique uh, event. And um, I, don't know how, I don't know how you're doing it with, with giving people such a good price for so much. But uh, the, the people should get their tickets right away because it's going to get sold out. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a great show. And I'm, I'm personally really looking forward to, to making music with you, Tony. Absolutely. I am as well. And, and before we close out the show, I just want to take another opportunity to thank you for being um, a great colleague, friend, and mentor. You know, ever since I started working with you back in 2012 to record um, 1102 Bradfield Hall um, for the Convection album, you've you've seemed like someone familiar, even though you were someone I was just meeting. Um, obviously, you were familiar <laughs> because I knew your guitar from the Weather Channel as a as a child. But um, like I was saying on social media, um, the way that you connect with people. Um, that definitely plays true in the one-on-one -on -one interaction that you have with me as well. And I think you've went far beyond uh, what I expected as far as, um, you know, being there for me as a mentor, kind of teaching me the ropes of what you've learned um, through your years of experience in the smooth jazz genre as a touring artist. Um, and I, I want to let listeners know, Ken went out of his way to um, make my wedding special. I got married back in August of this year. Uh, that's right. And that's right. at my I'm... wedding rehearsal, um, my wife surprised me with a video that was Ken um, in his studio taking a, a few moments of his time to wish uh, my wife and I the best and talk about how over the years of him being married to his wife, Kristen, um, he's learned to just, you know, continue to endure and love through it all. And that meant so much to me. Um, it was a complete surprise. And everyone there was so wild that I had a a national recording artist wishing us, you know, well as we began upon that journey in our lives. Well, Tony, you're you're very nice to say all that, and I appreciate it truly. And but I'll tell you too, it's it's my pleasure, and and I think part of doing this thing, this special thing we get to do as musicians, is when you see somebody um, who is not only talented, but who you consider uh, a special person who has all those characteristics that make success um, it I feel like that it's part part of my responsibility to pay back what was done for me when I was coming up because I had mentors and people who gave freely of their experience and and their advice uh, and you know I see all of those qualities in you and and it's for me it's time well spent because because I know I know you're going to take it and run with it and and make something out of it. So thanks for saying that, but I want you to know it's it's my pleasure as well. 
Uh, well, Tony, thank thanks you. so much for doing this. We're we're gonna hopefully see a bunch of people that listen to the podcast at our show on February fourteenth, and and uh, maybe we'll do another one uh, sometime next year, or certainly when you do uh, your next album. Absolutely, let's let's create the demand for it. Uh, that's right. Well, Tony, thanks again, and I'll see you on February fourteenth. Thank you, Ken, and happy right. holidays to you. Yeah, yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Tony. Merry Christmas. That was my conversation with saxophonist Tony Craddock Jr. I hope you'll join us for the very special concert Tony and I are going to be doing February 14th, 2016. That's Valentine's Day, of course, in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. You can go to Tony's website, get tickets. You can hear some of Tony's music, some of the amazing stuff he's already done, and you can follow where he's going in his musical life next. Thanks again for listening. This is Ken Navarro. Thanks for checking out the podcast as always, and I will talk to you on the next one.